welcome to another edition of the Fantastic Universes podcast. Just two of us on the show today, but that's all we need. It's the brand new dynamic duo of myself and mighty Max Byrne. Hi, Max. How are you doing, mate? Hey, Steve. I'm very well. How are you, sir? I mustn't grumble. A um, couple of days away from flying off on my summer holidays with the with the missus, so I am eagerly anticipating warm weather and lots of tasty Greek food, sun, sea and sand. Excellent. And, uh, excellent. Whatever else starts with it that we're not allowed to talk about. But hey, I digress. <laughs> and uh, how's, uh, how's uh, June treating you so far, my friend? Oh, very nice. Very nice. It's a, a rare uh, dash of glorious weather up north uh, today. So we've been for a lovely walk this evening with uh, my lovely other half and our little boy. So uh, suitably relaxed, shall we say. Brilliant stuff. So um, what have you been watching and reading over the last few weeks since the last show you did with James and since we last talked? Yeah, um, at the minute we're knee-deep in uh, Designated Survivor on Netflix. Have you seen any of this? I watched the first half dozen episodes, then Mrs. Worked Overtime and went on a business trip, and we lost touch with it. But I did like what I saw, and I'm a huge Keeper Sutherland fan, yes. so I might have to get back into it. Oh, yeah, it's great. I mean, it got it did it two seasons, then it got axed by whichever um, network in America was showing it. Uh, but then Netflix bought the show and revived it. So it's oh, is it season. carrying on? Or yeah, is it yes, season yeah. last one? No, this is a brand new season now, season three. Uh-huh. Um, it's a shorter season, only ten episodes, so it's like half the length of the first two. But because Netflix have, have bought it and it's their show, you can tell because there's a lot more swearing in it and more adult content than it used to be. It was you know, never a family show, of course, but... Um, it's just got a lot more stuff in it that isn't suitable for, for younger ears. Uh, they've really tried to make it more edgy. But it's brilliant. We, we, I think we've watched eight episodes out of the ten so far. Um, so hopefully get that finished this weekend, actually. Um, but it's good. It's excellent. They've really um, taken it on a notch from the first two. Um, it's still got the thriller aspect to it, but there's a lot more political stuff in it as well. It's like the best of both worlds. Yeah, I'd highly recommend getting back on it, to be honest, if you get a chance. I would love to. We did like what we saw. It's one of those things when you fall off, get left behind, and then they did a whole second season, then it got axed, and we thought, oh, blimey. I did not know that Netflix had picked it up, but they could have that. I don't know if you watch, do you watch Lucifer? No, but I know that was bought by them, wasn't it? After a very similar thing, that got axed, and then they bought it and brought it back, didn't they? Yep, and they did it again. Rather than 20, 24 episodes, they just did 10, but each episode was freaking perfect. Yeah. The most recent season of Lucifer on Netflix, I'm telling you, absolutely bloody brilliant. And they've confirmed they're bringing it back for a fifth and final season, so they're going to be able to wrap up the story properly, which is, I, I like it when they do that, rather than just get axed and yeah. in limbo that they bring it back. Wicked. Yeah. Good stuff. Yeah, yeah it's, great. it's great. It's great. I mean, Netflix have got all the money in the world, haven't they? They've got more money than anybody, I think. So oh, like you say. They can afford yeah. to buy whatever they want. It's another thing. You're right. The, the last season, uh, a bit more. I mean, it was already adult to start with being Lucifer, but the language and the production values. I don't know if, if they had the same kind of budget as they would for a longer season, but they've just thrown it at the 10 they've made because it looked better, sharper, clearer. It was just really, really, really good. Really yeah. good. Yeah, that's one show I will at some point start. It's just one that 
just always passed me by what when it was on and um like you said when you hear it gets axed you think oh i'm not going to bother investing my time in it if it got axed you know but they, if they brought it back then yeah is tom welling still in it from smallville um i don't want to give you any spoilers oh, okay. Um, okay enough said let me just say that his character is fantastic he's really really good at it and he couldn't be further away from clark kent yeah that, that's wow, all that's i can good. say but he's another uh mainstay of the dc universe just uh, a little bit younger and more handsome <laughs> but that, that's all I'm going to say about that because his character's fantastic. And that was in season three, the one the, just before it got the chop from its original network before uh, Netflix picked it up. But now you know there's only going to be five seasons. The first three are long, but four and five are, are short but perfect. Um, yeah. yeah, again, recommend that. I think you'll enjoy it. It's good stuff. Vastly Excellent. different from the comic, though. Vastly different from the comic. Oh, I can imagine. So the first few seasons that were pre-Netflix on Netflix, or do you have to watch them somewhere else? Oh, no, they're all there. Oh, everything's excellent. On. Everything's excellent. there. Oh, brilliant. Oh, I think that might be uh, next one on my list, maybe, yeah. What, so what have you been watching, Steve? Um, well, I said Lucifer, we, we actually binged it. You watched all ten episodes over the space of this week before um, we go on our holes So that. Wow. Um, obviously, you and I both. Uh, review another fantastic show for different websites and that's uh the magnificent swamp thing um oh, yes it's so good i mean it's dc have really bugged me dc universe by by announcing the cancellation literally minutes um after they aired the first episode i mean luckily you and i saw the first two a couple of weeks before um even the first one aired so yeah. we, we were a bit ahead of the game but do you not think they could have handled that better, mate? Yeah, I think it was a PR disaster, to be honest with you. I mean, it, it, why announce it when your first episode is still warm? Um, it just puts a massive dampener on the series, and it's only going to give it lesser viewing figures because people will not want to invest the time, like we were saying earlier, about not wanting to start watching the show you know has been axed or is about to be axed because you just think, well, it's, I'm not going to get the conclusion I want. So they've really shot themselves in the foot with it. I, you know, I understand in some ways their reasons for cancelling it, the financial reasons, and you can't really argue with that. But they could have perhaps kept it under the hat just for a few more weeks, maybe till the last couple were due to air or something like that, just to give people a more incentive to watch it, I think. Absolutely. And I mean, the amount of people I know who were interested and said, oh, they've actually already, I must be rubbish since I'm not going to bother watching that. I said, no, no, it's great. Watch it. It wasn't axed because it was bad. It was axed because of a complete cock up between the creative people and the finances. I mean, you can tell that this show, um, every episode looks and feels like a big budget movie. I mean, every penny is on the screen, but clearly it was too much. And it's tragic because what I've seen four episodes in, is it four or is it three? It's four now? Four, four's four, dropped four, 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 today. Four. As we record this on Friday, four's dropped today on DC yes. Universe. Yes, I published my review for that today on, on Fantastic yeah. Universes. So, um, yeah, grand. And are you enjoying it as well, mate? Oh, it's brilliant, isn't it? It's like you said, they've, they've put every dollar on the screen. It looks a cut above from your normal comic book TV show. I mean, they obviously spent a bundle on Titans and Doom Patrol, but this just looks as though they spent a hell of a lot more. The effects are brilliant. The cast is brilliant. 
the practical effects as well as the CGI is really good. And yeah. um, the, the tone's great, the horror. Uh, I mean, God, a couple of times every episode, I'm, you know, on the verge of soiling myself. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> but it is it's great. It's really great. I just hope and pray that there's some way, some form, it can be revived on a on another network. Maybe we'll want it, or if the clamour and the demand is there, maybe they can rethink it somehow. But I can't see it. But you live in hope, don't you? Absolutely, because he's one of my favourite characters of all time. I've I've loved this character since childhood, which is why I I wrote a piece on our site, um, giving a little bit of background as to my affinity with the character and, and a little bit of his background before the show aired. And it just it just hurts a little bit that um, they they just handled the publicity for it so badly. But um, what I will say is every show that DC Universe have aired, like you quite rightly said, Titans, Doom Patrol, now something. They're batting a hundred. I mean, every single show has been superb. Yeah. Um. So I'll just enjoy the ten episodes we get and 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 go with that. That's all we can do, isn't it? Really. Yeah, it is. Enjoy it while you can. I mean, who'd have thought you'd ever get to see it, something like this in the first place? You know, which probably inconceivable a few years ago that you'd get these shows, and let alone to the quality that we're getting them. So if if it's only one season, it's only some episodes. Just savor the ten and get what you can out of them. I say. It's a good time to be a comics fan, isn't it, mate? We're living in a golden age, as far as I'm concerned. For that kind of stuff. Too much good stuff, isn't it? Well, there is, there is. They're literally turning every property into a, a, either a film or a TV show. You know, they're going to get so obscure that I just, you know, as I like to bang the drum for, I just hope we'll one day get that Buana Beast miniseries. <laughs> well, listen, if we can get Doom Patrol and Swamp Thing, anything is possible. If, if they bring an Animal Man next and there's a huge ties between him and Buana Beast, uh, there you go. It, it could happen, mate. Never say never. Oh, honestly, I live in hope. I live in hope. You can forget release a Snyder Cut. I'm going to do hashtag make one of these. Oh, but I'd watch it. He's, he's an interesting character. Uh, if he's flying around on his winged yeah. beasts. Mm-hmm. Oh, it'd, it'd be a smash hit. What's not to like? There you go. And um, does the cast still enjoy it filming in sunny Africa? Winner. Yeah, absolutely. And no budget problems there, I, I take it. So what else have you been reading and watching, my friend? Um, I think, like most of the um, fandom out there, and I know, like yourself, uh, I've really been enjoying the first two issues, is that's all we've had so far, of the rather marvellous Deceased. Oh, it's so good, isn't it? Oh, God. It's, it's brilliant, yet heartbreaking, yet horrific, yet shocking. Just... It's like just putting a hand grenade into the DC universe and just, you know, playing merry hell with characters and killing them off left, right and centre in the most gruesome of ways. It's brilliant. I love it. I'm enjoying every second of that series. I'm I'm just really proud of my geek credentials because when uh, Tom Taylor started teasing it way back in uh, early couple of months of this year, and he just showed Superman in the air and Cyborg on his feet and people ripping jobs of threads. I said, hang on, there's a zombie apocalypse in the DC universe. Hang on, has Darkseid um, worked out the anti-life equation? And all I got from Tom Taylor was a smile and uh, 
keep keep watching. And I was right. Called <laughs> <laughs> it. I absolutely you did. Got it. You did. What he's done though is that turned up to eleven. Yeah. He's just so good at getting established characters and just turning them on their heads. And I love the, love the fact that DC got him to do this because after his brilliant brilliant work on uh, the Injustice series. Oh, yeah. You already know that he can do established characters, but not in an established universe and really give us something fascinating. So, oh, yeah. Uh, and writing, uh, everything's quirky, different, scary. It could be um, it could be the runaway hit of the year, I think. Oh, I think it is. I mean, it's already selling like gangbusters, isn't it? It's really done well, topping the charts and it's, how many is it going to be? Is it is it eight? I think it's a, quite a short run, isn't it? I think it's just six. Oh, is it only six? So they're going to have to be really tight with the storytelling on it if they're all, if only doing six and we've already had two, so only got four left to wrap it up. So there's not going to have to be a wasted page in it. So it's really every every issue is going to be just jam packed with stuff going on. I just I'm just dread to think how it's going to end. I'm intrigued, eager, yet terrified at the same time. I mean, if it's starting off the way it has, um, I mean, he, he's a genius because if, if any person could have solved the whole thing, it, it would have been our pointy-eared friend with the cloak, wouldn't it? And yeah. he's put uh, paid to that <laughs> quite, yeah. uh, quite decisively. I thought he'd done it in the first issue, but he then went and ripped my house out even worse at the end. Um, of the second issue, but I don't want to give it away for anyone who hasn't read it. Listen, people, if you want to read an amazing comic, I'm sure you'd agree, Max. Um, that's the one. Yeah, definitely. It's not for the faint of heart. It's not one you should ever let your kids a million miles in the vicinity of. But if you've got a strong stomach and want to see your favourite characters flipped upside down and just the world on fire, then get on it. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, yeah, great stuff. I'm looking forward to. We, we just got uh, next week's comics in. I'm looking forward to reading the next Justice League docs. I'm so incredibly addicted to that series, and um, I don't know if you've seen the cover yet. I haven't seen it yet. I've, I will be after we record this. I will have a look at next week's uh, imported and see what it is. If you can give us a little hint, a little clue. Is it a book you read? Do you, do you read Justice League Dark? Uh, Justice League Dark, I, I read the first... In fact, I read the first ones that you gave to me, which was oh. the... I would say the first six or seven, it was something like that, when they did the crossover with, with Wonder Woman. Brilliant. Um, which was fantastic, but I haven't carried on with it, which I'll admit. But it's I've still got them all saved, so I will go back to it. What's the gist of it now then, so after that arc? Where have they gone with it since then? Well, you know that the Earth's been invaded by the creatures that created magic and they want it back because they yes. think that we're misusing it and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, well, the Lords of Order, led by Naboo, who's totally subdued Kent Nelson uh, completely, and he's just taken over, and he is actually the ruling personality. He's brought the other Lords of Order um, and, and given them bodies as well, and the other DC magic users who've been basically had their bodies taken over by, by the Lords of Order. But to combat that, um, the Justice League Dark have um, 
Let's just say that to combat the Lords of Order, what could be more apt than the Lords of Chaos? Okay. And I'm just going to leave it there because when you find out who the new Lords of Chaos are, you're just going to go, O-M-G. Oh, right, okay. And is it well-known, pre-existing characters? (laughs) Oh, yes. Oh, right, okay. Oh, yes. Characters you'd be very familiar with. Oh, right. well, that sells it. I'm definitely going to go back and then pick up where I left off on this title. Trust me, I'm not a doctor. <laughs> well, you can prescribe me a issue of Justice League Dark, please. <laughs> okay. Done, done deal. Yeah. Right, um, anything else you wanted to chat about that you've been into over the last couple of weeks, or should we get into our main meaty subject matter? Let's do it. <laughs> Today, we are going to be talking about the, uh, let's say, darker comics characters, your vigilante types, your executioners, your assassins, and whether some of these characters are actually heroes, whether they're heroic, whether they're anti-heroes, or whether they're just completely irredeemable. Um, There are so many to choose from. Obviously, the names that come to mind are obviously people like the Punisher, uh, the comedian from Watchmen and from Doomsday Clock. And then you've got people like Lobo, Wolverine, um, Magneto from the X-Men, who's been very heroic, but also with an agenda that, that's quite dark and, and totally on his own level. And so many others. So, Max, um, were there any characters that really spring to mind that you like or dislike for any particular reasons? And are they heroes or aren't they, mate? Well, it's such a blurred line isn't it you know um what one person would see as an anti-hero someone would see as an out-and-out villain and vice versa um as well as the ones you've just mentioned there which we'll get into um some others that come up to mind you know some left field choices as well like um rorschach from watchmen um amanda waller for instance from suicide squad um, one that I've just pull, pulled out as well, which is kind of an odd choice, but the Saint of Killers from Preacher. I like him. <laughs> yeah. Well, there <laughs> you go. Per- perfect example then. You know, a, a stone cold killer, but there's some good in there. There's some almost noble path to what he's doing, but is what he does taking him too far across the line? Um, you know, people like Deadshot. And, and in fact, any member of the Suicide Squad, you know. And Deathstroke. Deathstroke, of course. Yeah, Deadpool. Yeah. All the deads, all the dead shots, all the Deathstrokes, pools. (laughs) Um, But yeah, Task Force X, they're all villains, you know, imprisoned because they are heinous criminals. Yet, as the Suicide Squad, they do noble missions and you're supposed as a reader of that book or a viewer of that film you're supposed to root for them because what they're doing is serving the greater good yet they are for all intents and purposes scum villains but then are you are they are they redeemable or can they be redeemed that's you know that's 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 the topic and in a lot of the cases you actually do see it i mean i'm quite saddened that uh DC ended up cancelling their Suicide Squad because Rob mm. Williams, as a writer, was doing some incredible work on that title. Great yeah. British writer. Obviously, you probably know more from 
2000 AD. But um, the, the the boy can write. Um, yeah. He had the struggle though of the ever revolving art team. They never had a set. Of art Sometimes you, you wouldn't get an artist doing more than two or three issues before being replaced by somebody else, and that was the annoying thing about the title. But the writing. And honestly, on every single issue, I don't think he let me down once. It was absolutely superb. And yeah. he got these characters. He knew, I mean, for example, let, let's go to, to one of the characters and, and one of the most popular characters in DC canon. And who, funnily enough, started off in, in, in Batman, the animated series. And that's Harley Quinn. I actually mm. do see that she's redeemed herself hugely from w- when she first started. Um, she, almost is now a hero and again mm. good old dc universe they've given her her own series i mean how would you describe your feelings about harley and her her arc from when you first met her to how she is now well yeah when when you think about it if you think about all the terrible things she's done and all the terrible things that she's been complicit in mur- basically murdering um awful crimes um working side by side with the Joker, terrible, terrible, terrible things she's done. But like you said, she, they've almost taken her from one side of the spectrum to the other. And you, again, you're supposed to root for her, aren't you? You know, as a, almost a permanent member of the Suicide Squad, in that run you've just mentioned, um, she was the main player, and in obviously the, the feature film, who's the standout character in that. Um, but are you supposed to forget all the terrible things she's done because they've changed the spotlight on the character? I don't know. It's it, you know, it depends where you stand, I suppose, on on morality and justice and things like that. What do you think? It was done a lot better in the comics because obviously we've got months and months and months and years and years and years of comics to see the character grow. Whereas, like you say, yeah, on on films and TV, it seems to be a bit of a one eighty. But there was a whole run in detective comics, um, I think in the late 90s, early 2000s, where when she realises that everything she's doing is just the love of the Joker, he doesn't love her, he yeah. abuses her, he beats her, he almost kills her on several occasions, and she realises, well, hang on, what was I doing before all this? I was trying to help people, I was a psychiatrist, I, I can be better than this. And um, she helps Batman on a couple of cases, and he sees that she's really turn the page and while she's kooky and she's insane she's not evil yes she's done some terrible things but uh, let's remember that Deadshot himself I don't know if you remember back when he was first introduced was actually a rival for Batman and a vigilante he used Mm -hmm. his guns for target practice and he wound people he wouldn't kill but then he just literally got worse and worse and worse to the point where he almost became more of a Punisher type character and he almost went the other way but again he's got some kind of a code he won't kill women and children he um, will take the hits and now of course yeah Task Force Sex and Suicide Squad so it's tricky with films and TV adaptations because they miss so much. Mm. I will say that in the Suicide Squad film, which I honestly liked a lot more than a lot of people did, I did not hate that film the way a lot of people did. She oh, was the star. It was great. I'm glad someone else does. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's my missus' favourite comic book movie. Do you know that? 
Uh, well, she's obviously a lady of good taste in many ways, Steve. Um, well, she married me. But that's, that's what I was getting at. That's what I was getting yeah, at. Yeah, um, that's questionable. <laughs> questionable <laughs> yeah, she's got taste. questionable taste in men, but she's got a good taste in comic book films, by the way. Um, yeah, I mean, I think it's a great film. I don't see what people have to rip it apart. You know, again, I think that was possibly a film that was not helped by studio interference, but I suppose that's a topic for another, another talk. Um, but yeah, I think it's great. But anyway, go on, back to what you were saying. I think you're right. It's because that film, if you're more versed with the source material, you will enjoy it more. Yeah. Coming in from the cold, I can understand a little bit why people didn't like it. But yes, obviously, Harley, we think she's had some kind of redemption. Now, other characters who, while dark, um, have got some heroic traits and are fighting for the better good. I mean, whether the, the means, the ends justify the means. I mean, people like Punisher. Mm. Um, I do like that character, and there have been some incredible stories featuring him, not least um, the TV adaptations, um, the Netflix TV shows, which, again, cancelled. Why? Um, they they handled that character brilliantly because, yes, yeah. he was tortured. Yes, he was dark. Yes, he was a killer. But honestly, I couldn't find myself blaming him. I, I honestly thought that of all the vigilante characters – He's probably the one that strikes me as being one of the very few that could exist in the real world. Yeah. Um, how do you feel about Frank Castle? How do you feel about Punisher? Um, oh, I love Frank Castle. I love the Punisher. Um, at the end of the day, Frank Castle is a mass murderer. He's killed yeah. hundreds of people at this point. Hundreds. Um, even in those two seasons of the uh, yeah. previously mentioned Netflix show, I dread to think what his body count was over the two seasons. Tied with his um, few episodes when he they first brought him in, in in Daredevil as well, so sort of two and a half seasons if you want to call it that. He must have killed easily in the three figures just in those few hours of television. Um, but he only kills bad people, quote unquote, doesn't he? He doesn't. Yeah. Yes, that that is his his mission. His obsessive mission is to rid the world of criminals and evil doers and i you know he's obviously a deeply traumatized character if he'd been through what he'd been through um having your wife and your children gone down in front of you it would it would kind of mess with one's head i imagine um uh-huh. yes yes but at the end of the day he although he is a borderline psychotic i would say and and like i said a mass murderer he he is doing, in a way, in a twisted way, the greater good. He's he's only ridding the world of people who don't deserve to be in the world. You know, he's doing the world a favour by taking out the trash, uh, in a manner of speaking. I would say so. Yeah, he's 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 got a code, and he's he's a killer. There's no doubt about it. It's no bones to shake. He is a murderer, but I can understand him. Uh, I can sympathise with him, and he's a character that I can root for because, oh, you're a dad, you're a family man. I don't even want to imagine um, what that would do to me because yeah, my wife, exactly. my, my family, they're my everything. I won't defend myself. 
if people say anything to me, it's like water off a duck's back. But you upset my wife. You get in my son's face and you are in deep, deep doo-doo. Um, <laughs> and this guy's had them wiped off the face of the earth in a criminal crossfire. And the fact that he's a war vet and he had PTSD is like the, the, the lit match to the, to the petrol, isn't it really? It's like, yeah. What more could that guy go through? So I can, I can understand him. And there are other characters who you can sort of get their motivations. And I know that you, you've, uh, definitely got one in mind and that's Mr. Eric Lenscher, Magneto. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah, he is ostensibly a villain. Unlike Frank Castle, the Punisher, who is a hero in inverted commas. Magneto is a villainous character. There's no two ways about it. But you can kind of understand where he, where he comes from. If you again, similar to Frank, if you'd been through what he's been through, when you think about it, as a young um, Jewish boy, being having your parents eradicated and all of your friends and probably everyone you knew from when you were growing up um, exterminated. Um, in the in the concentration camps in World War Two, to go through that and see the horrors of the world and the actual worst, um, darkest nature of man, and then obviously if you went through that, you'd be absolutely hell bent on on dis- on destruction and you know he, being a mutant and there's that ties into the whole X Men thing, doesn't it? Of you know. Um, mutants being persecuted and um, made to feel different well that's what he went through before he he realized he was a mutant you know he was persecuted for being quote-unquote different not different obviously nothing different about being jewish but different in the in the eyes of that well to the nazis in in that regime yes in that regime in in world war ii obviously yes um so if you'd been through all that you would share that same viewpoint that man is is terrible and you know, mutants have been given a, a gift to be the dominant species and no one's going to stand in their way. Now, of course, he, he does. He has done. He's killed. He's done terrible things. Um, he's, you know, been a, a terrible, terrible person at times. But there is that bit where you kind of go, well, yeah, if I if I that happened to me, I'd be like that. And I think that's the best. It Not just in what we're talking about, what villains in general, I think there's that bit where you can always see a bit of you not a bit of yourself in them but a bit of you understand where they're coming from do you know what i mean yeah totally so yeah. well at the end of the day he's just defending his people yeah um the way he couldn't defend um his family during world war Two, he's defending mutants against persecution and yeah. that's his motivation and um contrary to like we discussed with with harley and the suicide squad where um the movies probably work better for comics fans. The, the movies worked brilliantly, I think, in terms of making Magneto believable. The opening scenes of the original X-Men movie and mm. when it's revisited in the concentration camp, they make him a character there where, like you said, he's clearly a villain, but mm. you get him, you understand yeah. him, and you see where he's coming from. I mean, I started reading comics in in the early 70s and some of the ones i read i was lucky enough to pick up some some early issues of x-men back when it was still stanley and jack kirby and when he first appeared 
um, with the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants, he was literally just a baddie. Yeah. And he wanted to destroy humanity and save mutant kind. And there was no mention of the whole um, World War Two thing. And he, he was literally just a, a mutant fighting for mutant rights. And um, any humans who got in his way were, were cannon fodder. Yeah. And it's only later in the 80s and with the new X-Men and uh, Chris Claremont and everything else where they, they gave Magneto that backstory, which the movies just handled brilliantly, I thought. I mean, yeah. I know that the X-Men movies have been hit and miss, but his story has been portrayed amazingly well, I think. I think those films have been his story. Um yeah, Gen- generally speaking, I think he, although he hasn't been an X-Man uh, in inverted commas, I think those films have told you his story. It, you know, it's been from his, almost from his point of view in most of them, I think. Yeah. Whereas in the comics, he has been an X-Man. He actually has yes. led yes. the team and, and been a real um, force for good at times. But you always waited for the other shoe to drop, didn't you, for him to revert to type and and go back? But, yeah, good call, mate. I honestly think that he's one of those characters where he's a villain, but he's a villain you can you can understand and and get behind in certain ways. Um, he, yeah. He, yeah. Yeah, he's not, he's not pure evil, you know. He's, he's, he's wrong, but he's... He's wrong, but he's right. Um, yes. He, he's right in what he believes, but he's wrong in how he goes about it. You know, um, Every villain like, is the hero of their own story, aren't they? Exactly. You know, even, even Thanos is the hero of his story and is doing what he's doing for a reason that he thinks and it, is, is yeah, right. Yeah, that's a villain I can sort of like think, well, he's not really wrong. It's the same with Ashal Gull in the, in the Batman uh, stories. Yes. yes, he wants to wipe out half of humanity, but humanity's a bloody virus that's destroying this earth, so mm, I can sort of get it. <laughs> but hey, yeah, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, I mean, yeah, absolutely. Rachel Gull, he's he is evil, kind of. I mean, you don't head up a, a group called the League of Assassins if you've <laughs> not got if you've not got some bad in you. Um, and like you said, he wouldn't think twice about wiping out nations and civilizations. But yeah, you you get where he's coming from. He's like a eco warrior writ large, yeah. isn't he? You know, that's how he, that's how he sees himself, anyway. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. And obviously, the whole dark character we know started with Batman, but even though in his early days he used to carry a gun and he used to shoot to kill um, the 50s and the 60s and the Comics Code Authority turned him into a true hero who just dressed as a bat. And I personally, with Batman and with Daredevil, I think their code of honour and their vow never to kill is one of the most powerful and important things ever. And that's why I love those two characters probably above most others because um even captain america who i adore was a soldier he did go to combat he did fight he did um take life and there's even been occasions more recently when he's had to as well not happily but he's had to do it whereas batman and daredevil are staunch um 
no, we don't have the right to take a life, no matter what these people have done. Is that going to bring back the loved ones? Is that going to bring back the dead? No, um, it's just going to make you another killer. And that that line that if you um, murder a murderer, um, there's still one more murderer on this planet because you've become one. And yeah. that I dig. But we already talked about Frank Castle. We already talked about Punisher. But there's so many other characters that he inspired. I mean, DC's Wild Dog, yeah. DC's Vigilante, both of yeah. whom have had appearances, um, successful appearances, I think, in recent runs of Arrow, with Wild Dog actually becoming a member of the team. Obviously, he's a little bit darker in the comics, but again, he was just a guy who'd had enough, who put on a hockey mask and decided to take matters into his own hands. And what do you think about the whole vigilante-type character in comics, mate? I mean, some of them are heroes, some of them not, or do they all have the right idea when they start off with and then go off the rails? Uh, I think they all have... They all start off with good intentions, but I think it's how they go about it. Like you just said, um, Batman is a vigilante. There's no two ways about it. But he he is morally absolute, isn't he? Like he won't. There's the line, and you don't cross it. He'll you know he'll do whatever it takes to get the job done. Literally whatever it takes. But it's there's one, code. Like I there's said, one he's, thing he's he won't code. do. Yeah, exactly. There's that one thing he won't do, and that's kill someone. Or, or two things because he won't hold a gun. So, but the, he will never take that step across the line. Whereas you'll have others who who will. Um, now again, it doesn't make them psychotic murderers per se because they're only killing villains. But like you just said in that quite cool quote, is does are you solving the problem because you're replacing the killer by being a killer yourself? I mean, it's, it's where, where do where do you stand on it? Where do you draw the line? You know, what makes can you call these characters at the end of the day? Can you call any of these characters heroes? Because are you a hero if you rid the world of awful people? But can you call yourself a hero if you're a killer? You know? Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. I don't know. It's it's it's. I guess it just depends what your own stance in it on it really is you know your own moral stance more from the fantastic universes podcast in just a few moments and don't forget to check in on competition time these characters up until now anyway that we've mentioned have got something where you can identify with something you can see mm. uh, but the one who's literally just or actually there's a couple who are literally on that edge on that borderline whether you think or oh, have they gone too far and they're both from arguably the the greatest uh, comics miniseries of all time the greatest graphic novel of all time Watchmen and that's yes. our friends Walter Kovacs, Rorschach and uh, the comedian Yeah. and whereas Rorschach was more on the side of the heroes um, some of the things he did and said and in a way he's one of these psychos who again is fighting crime but he's 
really borderline on, on how he does things. But mm-hmm. I love him. I absolutely yeah. love that character. I mean, how how do you feel about Rorschach? Oh, I love Rorschach. He's a he, he is a borderline fascist. <laughs> I think. Um, <laughs> yep. As You're is, not wrong, as mate. Is, as is the comedian. Um, and again, it's just that recurring theme of they're doing good, they're doing good work, but what they do is is terrible. I mean, both those characters just in the in the course of that book do some awful things to people, terrible, terrible things, just things that you can't imagine doing, um, especially the comedian. I mean, he's 10 times worse than Rorschach's. Some of the absolutely despicable things he does during the course of that book that we won't go into as such, but, it, you know, I'm sorry to get back to your question. Um, sorry, I've diversed a bit there, but Rorschach, cool. yeah, he's, um, I, I like him. I think he's a, he's, he's a great character. He's, again, it's one of those... Like so many of these characters, he's got that troubled past, hasn't he? That troubled backstory. The one that um, they which, tugs at yeah. the heartstrings, which make you root for him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why I think a lot of these characters, you you tend to give not a free pass to, but you give them a bit of rope, a bit of leeway, because you think, well, Jesus Christ, what did they? What must have that have been like that they went through, either in their youth or as an adult? Some, some trauma of some kind, some traumatic experience. And you think, well, if, if that had been me, I would, you know, I'm not saying I could be like Rorschach, but I'm not, uh, not superhero material, but you can understand where they're coming from, you know? Again, he's, he is a nut job, an absolute nut job. Um, but there's, there's, what he does is right. And again, he's, he's, he's morally absolute, isn't he? Even at the end of the film when, I mean, I don't want to spoil it. 30 year old book i don't know whether i should or not but you know how, how the obviously how the um the book ends yes and the and the film for those who've seen the film with the end for that character and he potentially can avoid that happening to him but he's so steadfast in doing the right thing that he ultimately just willingly gives gives up his existence to um, not stray from his own code. He has that strict code, doesn't he, Rorschach? Absolutely. And that's what I think makes him, at the end of the day, an anti-hero, but a hero, because he knows, we know as readers, as viewers, that you're quite right, he's done some things which are just like despicable, but to the people, honestly, who, who deserve it. And when he realises the extent of the betrayal of one of his own kind, because I don't want to give too much away for those few who may not have seen the Watchmen movie or read mm. the magnificent book that is Watchmen, that yeah. um, something happens and it's done by someone who, who you wouldn't believe. The, the actual villain who ends up being the, the, the evil mastermind of the whole thing is, is in, an incredible twist and a brilliant detective story as part of it. Um, but then you, in, in his defence, he says, well, listen, if you're prepared to do that, then there's nothing you wouldn't do. Count me out. And that's what makes him, again, He, he he's redeemed of all the things he did because that's just one step too far. And that leads me to Comedian because, yeah, nasty piece of work. Yeah. But it's, again, it's in his name. He's like, to me, I think Comedian's a very clever name because... 
I think he could almost be the Joker who didn't go nuts, who just mm-hmm. thought this world's nuts already. I'm just going to follow suit and, and follow the way it goes because that's the only way I'm going to survive it. Yeah. Um, he gets the joke. But he also, when he realizes what's happening, um, what the, the, the main villain of the piece is doing and how he's going about it, even he's horrified. Yeah. Even he's shocked and, and disgusted. And to get someone who's morally reprehensible and evil and a murderer and a killer and a, and a, someone who, who, who beats women and, and everything else, to get that man disgusted, terrified and shocked, um, it's mind boggling. Yeah. Yeah. It sure and again, is. yeah, again, by the end of the book, even though he dies in the first issue, there's so many recaps and flashbacks to his past. You do again end up not sympathizing because that's too strong a word, but understanding him, I think. Mm. Yeah. Uh, he, he, yeah. Definitely. Yeah. He, he kind of sees the world for what it is, doesn't he? Um, he's like the, ultimate nihilist character yes yeah. good one i like that yeah Perfect. yeah yeah i think that's what he is he is just yeah. someone who who sees the horrors of the world um and like you said gets quote unquote the joke and just thinks you know sod it i'll do what i'm gonna do and the world's going to hell in a handbasket anyway we're all going to end up killing ourselves eventually. So I'll do what I'm going to do and to hell with it. Absolutely. Well said, mate. Yeah. Well said. Yeah. And great, then obviously. Great character. Oh, absolutely. Every character in that book is. Yeah. And to think that, I mean, that's, that's one thing that Alan Moore um, always did incredibly well is he took your superhero tropes, your, your stereotypes, your True, tried and tested, and oftentimes, sometimes even even boring. They've been repeated ideas, and and totally make them feel fresh, new, and relevant for a modern audience. And yeah. I don't know if you know that um, Watchmen was originally designed to be based on the Charlton comics characters, um, Nightshade and uh, Peacemaker, and they're basically these. DC said, no, no, we're actually going to relaunch those characters in their own books. And uh, Dr. Manhattan was an analogue of uh, Captain Atom. Captain Atom. Uh, yeah. Rorschach was the question. Yeah. And so on and so forth. But then so they they said, well, listen, why don't you just put your own spin on those characters? And then Alan Moore took that and the whole thing of legacy characters like um, Green Arrow passing on the mantle and Flash passing on the mantle and, and making Rorschach... Um, almost as much question as a as the darker vigilante um, aspect of Batman and making Night Owl the gadgets and lighter-hearted aspect of Batman and the way he just played with superhero tropes and and and, and made something which to me still I try and read that book at least once a year and I still get new mm. things out of it yeah. and to make these characters even the horrible irredeemable ones because even again the villain of the piece. Again, yeah. he killed millions to save billions. And mm. yes, it's evil. Yes, it's horrible. Yes, it's nasty. But what was you the understand it? Yeah, it's it's crazy, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's 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 a, again. Let's not um, 
spell it out for people who might still want to discover it. But it's his plan is awful. It's it's involves like you said the death of millions upon millions of people, and it successfully does it as well. But yeah. like you said, there's a master plan to save everyone else in doing it. But and you kind of understand because if he feels if he didn't do that then Armageddon's in yeah. the uh, in the ether, which it probably is in that book. Um but Jesus Christ, what a thing to do, yet at the end you go, Well, yeah, I know why I did it but is as he says at the end, I think himself, he says I can't remember what he says now. Does he say he says like, Did I do the right thing or does he say, he says something like that to yeah. Osterman. Yeah, did I, I was was I right? Something like that. And they've got no choice but to cover it all up. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Until uh, obviously the events of uh, Doomsday Clock. But that's another story. That's a story entirely. Yeah. So, are there any other characters that we haven't talked about? Maybe some uh, quirky or lesser known ones that you think fit into this category. Um. There was just one more I wanted to mention, actually, which is not a household name, but it's one of my absolute favourites. It was a Marvel character that was... Well, there's actually been a few different guises of this character, actually, a few different incarnations, but there was one in, I think it was about 1990, 91... uh, No, 1990, actually, I think. um, At least the first issue was, and it was a 10-issue run. And that's Fool Killer. And, I've heard of the character, but I've never yeah. actually read it, so I mean, I'm intrigued here. Yeah. yeah, it's absolutely bonkers. It really is bonkers. It's um, written by Steve Gerber. And All right. Yeah, yeah. So it's, like it's good it's stuff. stuff. Yeah, yeah, it's good. Um, and it's, you know, it's like I said, it's only 10 issues, so you can get a hold of it. They've never released it as a trade, unfortunately, though. That's the thing. Oh. So I, I, I actually bought the 10 issues about four or five years ago off eBay as a job lot, and um, I've still got them. It's fantastic. But they, um, he's basically, he's like a proto, not proto, but like um, a sort of pseudo Punisher, if you like. Um, He's a bonkers guy whose world's collapsed in on him. He's lost his job. His wife's done one. um, He's lost his house. um, Everything goes wrong for him. But he starts... And he, I think he ends up working in like a, if memory serves, working in like a McDonald's type place or something like that. But he starts, he starts communicating with the original full killer, who's like the original um, vigilante version, who's in prison, but he sort of manages to access some chat room that he's in and basically becomes his disciple. And he decides to basically go out in the world and rid the world of fools, hence the title Fool Killer. So he's got like this purification gun, which is basically like a laser gun that vaporizes people. So he initially what? goes, yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. So it, it sounds, it is, it sounds daft and it is daft, but that I mean, sounds one, brilliant. Oh yeah, I think at one point Spider-Man crops up in it and has a bit of a tussle with him. Um, and so it's he, actually it, set in the main Marvel universe. Yeah, on the on the fringes of it, but the, it, it crosses in here and there. Um, and he he starts off like Frank Castle, where he goes to stop um, drug dealers, things like that. He'll like go and like bust up a drug den or something like that and vaporize these guys. But as he starts to sort of lose his grip on reality and that, he, he starts to like vaporize like neglectful mothers and things like that, or un, unru, unruly. Um, 
teens, things like that, you know, like teens taking crack on the streets, um, which, you know, is a pretty terrible thing to do, but it's not something that you deserve to die for. Um, so he gradually loses his grip on reality, and then there's a whole sort of police chase scenario at the end, and then I won't spoil the end for anyone who might want to pick that up and have a go with it. Um, but that's like the that character, that vigilante-type character taken to the absolute nth degree. The book's done with a bit of a slight bit of um, tongue-in-cheek, um, if you will. It's it's not 100% serious, despite the, the graphic nature of it and the sort of horrors that go on in it. Um, and it's, it's a great book. I'd really recommend it. It's absolutely that crazy it really is um sounds fascinating yeah it is it is it's it's one of those that just no one talks about ever but it's it's really worth investing in if you get the chance um I, i'm sure it'd be online somewhere um but that's just a character that again you wonder at the start you understand where he's coming from because he's hit rock bottom he's lost it all his life's in tatters um he's got nothing left to live for and then finds his purpose and has it you know he's trying to do good but then just completely just slips out of reality and then becomes what he was trying to stop he becomes the villain of his own story you were saying every villain is the hero of his story yes. well this this hero becomes the villain of his story um so it's good i would i would if you get chance if you can find it anywhere um ten issue run full killer steve gerber um get on it it's just again it's not a book for um a child's eyes or anything like that. anyone listening who, who's got kids and that but it, you know if you want an entertaining read um go for it that's just it's just my example of a vigilante character that you root for but just goes completely off the reservation oh it sounds like walter white with a laser gun that sounds brilliant yeah yeah <laughs> yeah sure that yeah and yeah. Then, of course, we have to talk about, again, killers but with a moral code. And these are two Marvel characters who I do actually like at times. Mm-hmm. And depending, I mean, with one in particular, um, Wolverine almost universally, I like him. He's He, to me, is a hero, even though... Again, he's a berserker, he's, he's a killer, he's, he's taken us, but again, with some kind of code and value, he's, he's more like a, a Bushido or Samurai warrior. Um, we, we, we couldn't have this conversation without talking about Wolverine. But I also yeah. want to talk about Venom. Oh, okay. At various points in his um, comics history, and depending on who is in control of the symbiote, he's gone from anti-hero to hero to villain and everywhere in between like obviously Eddie Brock um, started off as a villain he took the symbiote from Spider-Man thank goodness because Spider-Man was well on his way to getting corrupted by it but then we had the fantastic Flash Thompson version of of Venom who was a true war veteran lost his legs in combat became a hero joined the Guardians of the Galaxy and that was that was just superb and a completely different take on the character, which I thought, what else can they do? They've done Venom, they've done Carnage, what else can they do? And that was just great. And Wolverine, who's one of the greatest heroes of all time, who, yes, they've brought him back um, 
after the brilliant story where they killed him off, he he is back. But um, we we couldn't talk about the darker characters, not speak about those two. So give me your take on, on Wolverine and Venom, mate. What do you think about those two guys? Um, great characters. Um, Venom, yeah, I know what you mean about Flash Thompson run. When he, um, I liked it when he was he was like um, doing black ops for the government yeah. or something like that, wasn't he? Um, when he's and he has like a certain period of time bonded to the symbiote before it takes over. So he's like always on the clock, isn't he? Because it's the, when he bonds with it to become Agent Venom or whatever they were calling him. He, there's like a, a window where he still calls the shots, where he, he has to complete his mission and get back to base, if you will, to get separated again. Um, uh, but Venom, yeah, Venom's always been a great character, hasn't he? It's even with the the, the film from last year, that was. I will have to get around to watching that one day. It's it's not the greatest film I've ever seen, but my god, it did well, um, well enough that they're gonna make a sequel anyway. Um, but, you know, obviously, even without seeing it, you would understand he's very much the positioned as the anti-hero in that film. You know, he's not the, he's not a villain in that film. Again, he does some terrible things in that in the course of that film. You know, there's there's a body count following him around. That's for sure. But at the end of the day, he's he's positioned as as a pretty much as a hero in that film. Um he's fighting villains um he's fighting for a, a, a greater cause in it and he, they made the brock character very sympathetic as well um but i i always liked venom when he was a, an adversary for spider-man um I, I like him as as the more villainous character i suppose yeah i like him um, as a bad yeah I, I i do i prefer him as that to be honest with you um i do uh, well, with Brock anyway, I I understand the yeah. the, the Flash uh, Flash Thompson stuff, and that's I, I like that. I do like that. I do have some of that uh, on my bookshelf, but I like just I prefer I prefer Venom as as an absolute rotter, um, biting people's heads off and beating <laughs> up be, beating up Spider Man on a regular basis. That's what I like. Um, I prefer him as that. Um, I would like to see more of that rather than him as this shades of grey anti-hero, you know? Yes. Yeah, definitely. Um, and uh, Wolverine, I mean, God, I mean, who doesn't like Wolverine? Um, just a universally adored character, I think, isn't it? Um, and again, like you said, done some terrible things in his life, killed, I mean, if he's been alive for x hundred years or whatever he must have killed hundreds if not thousands of people and what's that quote of his i'm i'm the best at there is at what i right. do but what, what i do isn't nice or very isn't nice good. that's <laughs> it yeah, yeah that's it um yeah so he's he's again he's he's a good person isn't he um the long yeah, character he's a good guy absolutely yeah, he is a good guy you know he's been, he's been an x-man x-men x-man x-person for years um so he isn't a bad person. He's been an Avenger as well. Um, but again, he, he won't hesitate to, to kill somebody. It's hard to be a character like Wolverine with his um, weaponry and not be a killer. Because if you're fighting somebody with adamantium claws coming out of you, it's going to be hard to fight them in a passive-aggressive way and fight them just to sort of knock them out. If you've gone at them 
with that kind of stuff coming out of your hands, they're going to die. You're going to cut people to pieces, aren't you, basically? When your nails can cut through anything, yeah. then you can have a tough time not uh, maiming, wounding, or killing. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. But I, no, I think um, Wolverine's one of those characters that, you know, obviously the 20 years of Hugh Jackman playing him on the big screen as well hasn't hurt his um, appeal. Um, and I'm sure at some point we'll see that character again eventually on the big screen with a new a new uh, interpretation. Um, definitely at some point, but not in the near future anyway. Not while Jackman's still so fresh in the memory. Um, but yeah, I think the character's brilliant, and that's again that's one I get, you know, because he's again it's a thing we keep talking about, but it's someone who's seen and gone through so much. He's got the audience's heart, hasn't he? Because yeah. um, because he's lived for hundreds of years and he's <clears throat> lost so much. Yeah. And because of the way he literally travels the world as a warrior for good, but a warrior, that you can forgive a lot of what he's done. Yeah. And that's what I think is the, the trait of a really well-imagined character. And even though he might be super strong berserker rage, heals from virtually anything with metal claws, he, he to me strikes me as, as, as one of the most real characters in terms of his personality and, and his moral code. I can understand him. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, like we said, he's not a bad person. He's a good person, uh, Wolverine. And being around for as long as he's been around for, you've seen all the horrors of this world. You've experienced all the wars, all the great wars. Seen the worst of of man um, and live through all that, and it's going to leave a bitter taste in your mouth, isn't it? Absolutely. Yeah. And then on the opposite extreme, we have to talk about uh, the Wilsons, the original DC's Slade Wilson Deathstroke, and Marvel's Wade Wilson <laughs> yeah. Deadpool. And um, again, with Deathstroke. I shouldn't because he's evil, but he doesn't pretend to be otherwise. Um, as as a baddie, I, I can't think of many I like more than Deathstroke. And then we get Deadpool, who, depending on who's writing him, I either laugh my head off or just think, oh, God, I'm so bored of this entire concept. Mm. Um, how, how do you feel about the, the Wilson boys, mate? Uh, Deadpool... Um, I, I, I do like the character. I do get it, um, but I think it's, I think it's just my sensibility. I I don't really like um, comic book characters that are a comedy. Um, that's not to say I don't want to find stuff amusing, but I prefer my stuff a bit more gritty and a bit more grounded. Like I, I, yeah, I'm not a big fan of breaking the fourth wall and saying hello to the reader and you know being self-aware that you're in a in a, a comic book existence I'd, I'd much prefer stuff that's you know it makes you want to suspend your disbelief and really get invested in that world and that character and that story so i'm not a massive fan of that side of the character um 
I, I, yeah, I, I do like him. He's okay. The, both the films they've done are, are fantastic as well. Um, yeah, they, they've done. Really, they've got that spot on actually. To be fair, and uh, I hope obviously there's a, a third. Places, one so I actually thought they were better than the comics, but hey, that's just me. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, I just it gets a bit too silly at times. I think Deadpool. Um, I pref- just prefer it more straight. Um, but again, it, based on the theme of what you you were saying about him, it, again, it's he's like um, and Deathstroke too, actually, and other characters like we've mentioned, like Deadshot. They're um, mercenary characters, aren't they? So they're killers for hire. Uh, they're not necessarily. Um, doing it because they're like a pathological psychopath serial killer or because they want to rule the world um, or they've got some other evil master plan. They're basically doing it because they've got a contract to do it and that's their job. Um, So they kind of take their own thoughts out of the equation. Um, So like you said, um, Deathstroke yeah, he's a horrible person and it's fully self-aware that he's a horrible person, but he's doing it because he's been paid to do it, hasn't he? Um, so you think, well, if no one was paying him to do it, would he still be out there slicing people up with a samurai sword? I don't know. What do you think? I just don't know that character. You just don't know. But I do prefer him as an antagonist to Batman, to the Teen Titans, to the Justice League, whatever else, yeah. than as the anti-hero he's been portrayed as in more recent years. But having said that, I do think what Christopher Priest is doing with him in his own series has been absolutely phenomenal. And there are times when he has been bordering on heroic, especially when it comes to his own family and their own tragic histories. Because obviously we know about Ravager and Jericho and mm. and, and everything else that, that goes with it. So uh, he's one of those guys I just cannot make my mind up about. Again, I think that's just brilliant writing and, and a brilliantly handled character. So even though I should hate him, yeah, um, I, I, again, he's so well realised and there's so many levels to him that I can't Know what I mean? Oh yeah, that's, yeah, that's what I mean. He's he's not uh, he's doing what he's doing because it's how he makes a living, isn't he? He's not he's not a, 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 a despot or anything like that. I mean, I mean, what is going to be fascinating is seeing how they realise that character in season two of Titans. That's yes. going to be oh my god, that's going to be something very special. And I just hope at some point during that season he gets some face time with Bruce Wayne. Can you imagine that? Well, it's got to happen now that they've both been cast and they're of similar ages. Yeah. Uh, and they're, they're both, the, basically, they're the two deadliest men on the face of the planet. Yeah. Um, so that, that's got to be something that happens. And to me, that's still, um, whether it be the original Marv Wolfman, George Perez Teen Titans uh, of the 80s and 90s, or the uh, cartoon uh, Teen Titans, yeah. That version of Slade Lawson to me is still my absolute favourite. Yeah. Um, the one where he's the villain with a master plan, but he's still so damn cool with it that you just got to give him respect for that, if nothing else. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so, yeah, yeah, fantastic. I mean, that character still has probably one of the greatest fight scenes ever in a, on a comic book page in um, Identity Crisis. 
if you oh. recall, where he he takes on the entire Justice League by mm. himself and pretty and until the very end, damn good he's, job he's winning. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's, it's him on his own about against about six or seven elite members of the Justice League. Just him by himself, and he he's got them in the palm of his hand. It's absolutely fantastic. A few pages to to read that. It's brilliant. Really, really good. So I think the one character that's left to talk about, and he's one that divides the crowd because this is a character that. Um, I honestly don't get why people like him. Because, again, he's an assassin. He kills for money. He takes on a job. He's got that code where if you pay him to bring someone in alive, he'll bring him in alive. If you pay him to bring someone in dead, he'll bring him in dead. But then you get the whole thing of he's destroyed his entire race, even to the extent of if he discovers he's fathered children, which he does because he drinks and smokes and um, makes love to anything with a heartbeat and has progeny all over the place and then he'll go down and track them down and he wants to be the last of his kind. Yeah. And that's Lobo. Um, mm. Originally created in the 80s as a, as a villain for the Omega Men, as a spoof of Wolverine. Uh, even the name Lobo, is, I don't know if you know this, it's Spanish for wolf. So ah. wolf-like, wolf, wolfy. And um, he was never supposed to take off. And then... Yeah. Yeah, the, the guys who created him said he just made him up to be a Wolverine spoof and to be a villain for a few episodes. They never knew it would take off. And then Alan Grant and Simon Bisley came along with that miniseries. And that one I did enjoy because virtually anything Alan Grant reads and Simon Bisley draws, I, I'm a fan of. Where they just went completely over the top and just made him crazy. But then since then, like you said, Max, he's become almost like a caricature of himself, like a mm. comedy throwaway. But he is, even though he's an assassin for hire, I actually think this he's a scumbag. He's irredeemable. He's a murderer. And I don't get why he's got millions of adoring fans all over the world still clamoring to give him in his own series. But I have heard from reliable sources that his appearance in Krypton is brilliant. Mm. Um, he's played... Uh, speaking with a Scottish accent and a Scottish brogue, which I think is a lovely tribute to Alan Grant. Um, so that's <laughs> funny. And maybe they're doing him well there, but as a comics character, I almost can't stand him. I prefer him when he appears in the cartoons as a guest box. At least he's some comedy relief and a good person to fight. But the other thing that bugs me about him, and I don't know how many comics you've read, his power levels seem to change on depending on who's writing him. But sometimes he's basically Batman can fight him to a standstill. And other times he's stronger than Superman. Yeah. Other times bullets can hurt him. Other times nothing can hurt him and he can cure himself from anything. And sometimes he can breathe in space and whatever else. And he's just like, I hate it when there's inconsistency. I'm one of these sticklers for continuity. And that's one of the main things that really just bugs me about Loba, but that's just me being um, difficult. I think. I mean, I, I don't know. What's your take on him, mate? Um, again, he, like Deadpool, he's one of those characters that's become um, a, a comedy character. Yeah, um, and yeah, I'm not a massive fan of that. I, I'm, I've never warmed to the character. I mean, to me, he looks like a snide knockoff of 
Gene Simmons from Kiss crossed with Lionel from Thundercats. <laughs> you know? Uh, that is brilliant. I love um, that. Yeah. Um, and I just, I don't know. It's a character that's never massively appealed to me. I mean, I get that he's massively popular. I mean, everyone loves a bad Why? boy. Don't everyone loves a bad boy, don't they? Um, but yeah, he's he's not very appealing, to be honest with you. Um, I agree with what you said about they're very consistent with what he can and can't do. I mean, so I'm sure at one point he got vaporized and was able to regenerate from um, like a speck of blood. blood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. few drops of blood. That was all that was left of him, and he still came back from that. Um, but yeah, like you said, how can then Batman fight him? Because in yeah. theory, he should obliterate Batman into dust. Exactly. Um, yeah, so they, they they play fast and loose with that. I haven't seen Krypton, the new uh, the new season, the start of it yet, so I can't comment on that. But the, uh, everyone is saying there's even talk now of a spin-off show just mm-hmm. based on that interpretation, that that um, portrayal of the character. So they must be doing something right with it. So I'll, I'll uh, be watching that in due course. So I have to uh, hold judgment on that. But I don't know. I, it's just one of those silly characters, isn't it? You know, um, just a bit too daft for me, a bit too out there. Um, not one I've ever been able to take seriously. Um, I mean, like you said, done awful things, um, just morally reprehensible. Um, but again, almost in, in a much grander scale, he's like, Deadpool, Deathstroke, Deadshot. He's a man with a contract, isn't he? He's a bounty hunter at the end of the day. He's not necessarily um, travelling the galaxy on his, on his motorbike looking to just, you know, kill whoever he comes across. He's doing and it because he's, he's been... from his world. Yes. From his and, planet, and... He will kill them indiscriminately, including his own offspring. And that's the thing about the character that I, I, I'm finding hardest to swallow yeah. I mean, a couple of examples i don't know if you know about these stories there was one point where um he was actually hired by um brill dogs by brainiac um to right. bring in bounty alive and he yeah. discovers that it's actually his old school teacher from when he was a kid and therefore a Zanian like him yeah. and the whole time he's just like ah oh, no i've got to bring him in alive I, I can't, I've got to do this. That That's the main man's word is his bond. I said alive, I took the contract, I've got to bring him in alive. And he basically delivers her alive to Docs. He says, right, here she is, she's alive. And uh, that means I've completed my contract, right? He says, yes, yes, well done, brilliant. Yep, there you go, you've been paid. Once he gets paid, he kills her. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> like... <laughs> Um, okay. And yeah. I read and review Teen Titans, which at the moment it, it's brilliant. It's so good. Art, writing, everything. And he's appeared because he's caught wind. The, the, I don't know if you know the current t- Teen Titans roster includes a character called Crush, who and is, that, is his, his daughter. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, obviously he's caught wind of that and he's come to Earth as a killer. And I just can't actually do it. I mean, I just, that whole thing, I don't know if it's the dad in me or whatever else, but 
he wanted to wipe out his own race for whatever baffling reasons and be the last Sarnia and whatever else, yeah. but his own kids? Yeah, that's... I don't know. It's, and it's again, not the first. Just... He's killed hundreds of his offspring over the years in the comics. And oh, people yeah. like this character. Yeah, oh, they do. Uh, maybe it. I'm just old-fashioned. Maybe, I don't know, maybe killing children is a cool thing. I just don't get it. What could I tell uh, you? Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's all kinds of wrong, isn't it? I think that's one of the, the few things you can not say, oh, well, you know, you, you can understand where they're coming from with that, this particular character and that particular thing. You can't, can you? No. And what I will say though, in the defense of this current storyline, that Adam Glass, the writer on Teen Titans, is doing a fantastic job of making him despicable. And yeah. he's, 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 he's doing that brilliantly but what he's also doing and he's this good a writer that um i am honestly concerned because this is lobo full power set he's basically wiping the floor with all of the teen titans he's beaten crushed to within an inch of her life and what i'm concerned about is i don't see a way out for her i don't see her surviving this yeah, but I know that Adam Glass is that good a writer that he's fooled me so many times since he took over this book that he's going to work a way around it. And maybe even I'm praying I'm probably going to be wrong because he is irredeemable, but I'm praying that he maybe sees something in Crush that makes him think, well, maybe this one deserves to live. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, but it's that well written that I'm actually intrigued to, to, to catch the next issue in uh, three weeks time when it comes out but that's yeah. about it that that's our rundown of the uh darker anti-heroes heroes villains whatever you want to call them of, of various comic book universes so yeah. i've enjoyed that mate thanks for that and you've yeah. really some things to my head which i hadn't thought of thank you for that oh thank you what a collection of uh scumbags and ne'er-do-wells that was <laughs> it's, it's like a day in tooting no i didn't say that <laughs> so on that note uh one more thing we need to do and that's address our new competition yes we've been uh Talking to our fantastic friends at Comic Biz. How cool are they, Max? Oh, that, they are. If you want to um, buy comics or merchandise, they are the go-to people. They really are for service and quality and, and speed of postage. You can't ask for better. You, you can't beat them. And uh, I, I've managed to convert a few of our uh, Twitterati, as we call them, to, to the cause of, of Comic Biz because. Um, I mean, this is how cool this company is, right? They get comics delivered uh, the day before release. So we actually get them in the UK late on a Tuesday so they can get them out to people on Wednesday when they're out. But they're actually delivering them back to the US because their service is that good that they're still getting them to people back in America. So they come from America to the UK and they ship back to America because they get them to the people before people in America get them from mail order companies in their own country. That's, That's how good comic biz are. Amazing. Absolutely amazing. And like I said, levels of customer service. Listen, if you're into comics, they are the biz. It's that simple. Yeah. Well, they donated for us a, a gorgeous five 
action figure set, and you are the action figure wizard uh, of uh, my friends, mate. What do you make of this surprise? It is a wonderful set. Um, it's from the Marvel Legends range, which is massive. Um, everywhere you go, every toy shop you go into, every comic book shop you go into, there's Marvel Legends aplenty. That is the go-to current title for all Marvel action figure fans. It really is. And what they've done for us this time is they've done us a lovely box set uh, of a character we discussed uh, tonight, uh, Deadpool. Um, five figures, not one, not two, not three, not four, five figures in one lovely box set of Deadpool action figures, Marvel Legends. If you want to see what it looks like, head to our Twitter page where you'll see more details of the competition. You'll see the box set in all its glory. It's a prize and a half. What can you say more to that? Now, to win this prize, obviously the usual things. Listen to the podcast, rate us and review us on iTunes, let us know what you think of the show. Follow us, follow the wonderful Comic Biz on Twitter, and answer the following question. And obviously, we're only going to say this question on the podcast, so we'll know if you've listened to us or not. And the question is, what is the Punisher's real name? We have mentioned it over the course of the show, so it is there. But anyone who reads comics or watches TV or watches movies will know the answer to that question. So obviously, give us that answer in Twitter and retweet that answer. Follow us, follow Comics Biz, like us and review us on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And that amazing prize of five, yes, five multicolored Deadpool figures to tie in with the topic of the Dark Heroes we've been talking about today will be ringing its way towards you from our friends at Comic Biz. And that's it. That's it for another show. Max, love you, mate. Brilliant chat. Thanks for joining in. Uh, where can our listeners catch all your work across the interwebs? Uh, you can find me at Twitter uh, at at Maxi Byrne, which is M-A-X-Y-B-Y-R-N-E. Um, and there you'll see the various sites that I write various things for. Um, do pop along, say hi, but be nice. And um, I'll see you again. Yeah, Max is a terrific writer. He writes fantastic universes. He reviews and uh, reviews comics for us and for uh, Earth Nine DC. Our friends, hi Rob, hi Jim, hi gang, and he also writes TV reviews. He's a fellow something reviewer for uh, uh, DC World. Yeah, and of course myself. You can catch me. Well, the easiest way because I've been doing inflicting pain and chaos across the internet for decades uh, I mean, the best way to catch me is just if you just google search steve j ray or google search fantastic universes but i also write and review for um a couple of other sites dark night news dc comics news the aforementioned uh fine and uh but uh, fantastic universes is our baby we created it uh, myself adam and then with help with james max uh, Philip Fay and a bunch of other people. That's our baby. It's our website. So that's where you'll find us quite often too. Max has started reviewing Batman for us, haven't you, mate? Indeed, yeah. yeah. Just started with um, issue 73, which was last week's release. Do pop on there and have a look, see what you think. And yeah. um, 74 will be coming in due course. 
Good stuff. And hopefully we'll get be getting a couple more Immortal Hulk's review out of you, reviews out of you. Uh, yes, it will happen. Yeah, the review of the first trade. <laughs> the first one's on so there. good, mate. I'm just starting to read more. I'm just being selfish. The, yes, yes. I just like um, <laughs> Yeah, re- uh, reviews for books uh, two and three where will appear in due course. Hopefully before book four is out. But uh, and that's another I'm series doing, we recommend. I'm doing my best. <laughs> it's a series we recommend, isn't it? Immortal Hulk. Oh, it is off the charts. It's um, Marvel's best title currently by a country mile. It's everything you could ever want in a Hulk title and more. Get on it is my message on that. Hard to argue with that. Well, he's been Max. I've been Steve. This has been the Fantastic Universes podcast. And Fantastic Universes is the universe for all fans. And we'll see you again soon. Take care. Fantastic Universe's podcast was created by Stephen Ray and Adam Ray. Editing and producing by Adam Ray. This episode features Stephen Ray and Max Byrne. You can follow us on Twitter at Pending Hashtag and our original website, FantasticUniverses.com. Original music by Professor Elemental and Tom Caruana, which can be found at TCRecords.com. T-E-A-S-E-A Records.com. All things, all nerd, all the time, just for you. Thanks for listening. Simmons from Kiss crossed with Lionel from Thundercats. <laughs> you know? <laughs> <laughs>